mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm here with my mum. Hi. When she decides to sit down. Yeah, you can't I can, actually. You what? probably can't. Oh. I actually can, thank you. Yeah, I had a colonic today. I'm so uh, sue me. Dolly, I'm embarrassed for you. I've just come back from a very lovely holiday in Cyprus where I, you know, indulged and... I needed a reset and I thought a clonic would do that. I don't know if it did. Jesus. Didn't make me feel like Cindy Crawford when I came out. Um, but I'm off the booze tonight. Anyway, how are you? I'm okay, actually. It's been Good. the most beautiful sunny day. Feeling pretty perky. A little bit tired now. Perky? Yeah, a bit uh, tired now. Um, you're very excited about this guest, as am I. More excited than I think I've been about anyone. Tell everybody who we have on the podcast. Well, if I say nothing fancy or dining in, who would you think of, Jess? Well, I know who that is. It's Alison Roman, one of our favourite chefs who favorite. we have been cooking for everybody. We cook for Catherine yeah. Ryan, a whole meal. Yeah. Rose Matafair, who also loves Alison Roman. My sister, when I told her that we were doing Alison Roman tonight, she said, Jessie, where were you in 2019? Yeah, where were we? I don't know. Don't I think know we were either. tackling a Ottolenghi also, vegetarian dish. Lovely Marina Murphy, who lives in LA. Yeah. At her book launch last week because she loves her so much. Um, everyone loves Alison Roman. If you don't know who Alison Roman is, she is a chef. She has written for Bon Appetit. She has her own YouTube channel. She's um, written for New York Times. She has worked in some of the most amazing restaurants. She is the shit. But also, she writes the most accessible cookbooks yes. she'll ever read, that everyone can do something. She might say nothing fancy, but it turns out really super duper fancy and gorgeous. It's really, really our kind of cooking. If you like yeah. the podcast and you like what we cook, well, a lot of it has been Alison Roman recently, but yeah. also it's exactly how we like to cook. Yeah, I was um, nearly going to cook from her cookbook today because no, I love all her... Well, only because I like all her recipes so Well, much. tell us what you are going to cook instead. So I'm cooking from a cookbook called Right Fix by Yasmin Khan. And it's recipes and stories from the Eastern Mediterranean. I really love it. And so I'm cooking um, chicken in pomegranate molasses Yum. with sumac. Yum. It looks a bit barbecue-y. 
And actually, I'm sure... And well, it's been okay. marinating for a whole night. A I, whole night? Yeah, I did it last night when I got in from oh. babysitting. Well, thank you for that, Mum. Yeah. And I did catch my finger in your back door. Oh, Mum. Yeah. Drove me, yeah. Good thing me. I made... I cooked for you yesterday, yeah, didn't I? Yeah, you did. It was delicious, thank darling. You. Um, so, we're doing that, and then what are you doing for sides? Well, I'm doing... <laughs> A version of my shot carrots, which aren't really shot carrots, but it's from the Bavel cookbook where you put the you boil the carrots, then shock them by putting them in cold water. So you and I call it shot carrots. I'm doing the warm aubergine salad that I've done before because I thought it would go. And I've made a version of bejeweled rice. I don't know what it's going to be like. And you've complained that it doesn't it look very... It needs a bit of green. It needs a herb yeah, on it. Okay. What's in your bejeweled... It's right. cardamom, cinnamon stick, mm. um, bay leaf, cumin and fennel seeds. Wow. Some onion. Yeah. Orange peel. Are there dates in there? Orange peel. There was some little bits of cranberries and some apricots cut up. And pomegranates. Pomegranate seeds later. It looks very nice. I just think it Bejeweled. could have a bit of green on it. Okay. I'll put the, the green on and then what have you done for pudding? Well, one of those things that come up on Instagram, I thought, that looks lovely. Because mm-hmm. I do like coffee desserts. Me and too. it's Nigella's Cappuccino Pavlova. So it looks like coffee. It looks like a cappuccino, the exact colour of a cappuccino. And then you put the cream on top and some cocoa. But I've put some grated dark chocolate lovely. on the top. Yeah. Because we fancy. Yeah. Um, Alison Roman coming up on table. So exciting. Alison Roman, you are here. I'm here with you. You are here. I'm so so happy. Looking fabulous. Oh, thank you. Bit sad you're not cooking tonight because you have been... Our big inspiration. Our big inspiration for this, like, the last two seasons. Also, it's been this wonderful... Well, this is the best it's thing about a great awake- cookbook. It's been an awakening. It's been an awakening, but it's oh, also oh been it's totally yeah. how I love to cook and how all my friends love to cook. Oh, so God. it's been this thing of, have you got nothing fancy? Oh, well, no, we'll go and get it. Oh my God, have you tried the slow roasted uh, tomatoes and, and chicken? Do it. It's People so were easy. so excited when they saw that on your podcast they're like oh my god we're so excited and then, but, I mean then I was excited but like the people generally the were people, like the people the really people. love well, to this well this is that. we're giving the people what they want <laughs> you're in Clapham yeah my were you in LA yesterday it feels like it but no, no I, last week my friend went my friend's daughter went to your book launch last was it when last was Monday it? Okay. last Monday I, that's yeah. right and she was so excited I must tell you, you're the, one of the few people, whenever I say Alison Roman, and I think, they won't know her. You know, she's American. I think this say, is going to be a compliment in a minute. It's our favourite, favourite. <laughs> and then someone said to me, I cooked from them last night, from Dining In. And I said to Jessie, have you got Dining In? She said, no. I, I haven't got Dining In. We've already ordered it. Have I got all the Harry Potters? We're, no, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I've already ordered it because he did something like, Chicken with paprika oh, and lime. Oh, yeah, that no, one's Simon really good. Sandberg okay. cooked for Graham. Paprika and lime. And he said it's the most delicious Ooh. thing in the world. It's very good. It's like basically slow roasted, like the tomato one. Yeah. Right. But different. And in dining and I take the spine out, like I spatchcock it. Uh-huh. And then it just gets rubbed with like grated garlic, olive oil, smoked paprika, and I think fennel seed. Yum. And then it's like 
325 for two and a half, three hours, whatever, but I cut up whole lemons. Uh, it's excellent. It's a very, very good chicken. Chicken is like my favorite thing to write recipes for because it is the thing that I want to eat most often. Well, it's a good thing because you're having chicken tonight. Oh, perfect. Um, it's not going to be slow roasted though. That's okay. I, and it doesn't have an anchovy in it, I'm afraid. That's fine. I, did, I was very curious what, if you were going to like play the hits to me. Or it's like, it's like wearing the band's shirt. It's like yeah. wearing your shirt to your I own show yeah. or did something. One, I did nearly cut one of your recipes. I mean, no, that's I, also I can't a good, that's do also that. So it's from a book which is really beautiful called Cooking with Figs. And it's all, it's a lady that's clearly taken a journey around Greece, Syria, Lebanon, all Amazing. different places. Levant? Levant? Yeah, Did you probably. say Levant or Levant? Levant, I think. Levant. I don't know. It's it's really nice cookbook. That's, yeah. Sounds amazing. It sounds exactly so like what I want to eat. it's chicken with cooked in pomegranate. And sumac. And sumac. Beautiful. Mal- Lovely. Yeah, pomegranate and, and sumac. And then you've done a bejeweled, bejeweled rice. Which <gasps> it, Stunning. Yeah, it's Fine. No, Great. I love it. And then shocked well have you been to Bavel in LA yes right so like... it's a version of their carrots but I love it when I just says what are you making I say shocked carrots you boil them and then you put them in cold water to shock them and it's with like yogurt and tahini <laughs> and you should have had dill but we don't have dill so I'm sorry yeah. oh no to... dill how dare you that's okay that's okay I don't need it every day and also, I'm I, in a bit of a break. I, I do need to know because you—we've also got pudding. But I know that you've got a reservation. So, well, I don't know if you're meeting friends. I told them I'm eating here with you. Are you sure? And but you are going to quite a good restaurant. So I feel like you may need to. Are you going to a restaurant later? Oh yeah, but Where? it's not. Which it's one? Kiln. Kiln. Which yeah. is a great it's Thai restaurant. food. It's grill. It's like grill, smoky Thai. I'll give you a kind of filipper sized portion so you can kind of, you know. I have such a, and I, I, this happens in New York a lot where if I go out to eat with people who are not eating as much as me, I'm like, what's wrong? I'm like, you're not eating. I clock it. I notice and I'm like, what's happening here? Why are we not all eating the same amount of food? And why is it usually? Is it because you've eaten all of it because you're no, greedy like me? No, it's because somebody's like not eating at the time or something. Oh, that, like, like something's up. I'm eating, mum. I'm eating. I'm just no, not no. eating bloody raw carrots because I had a clonic. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, I'm sorry. Say this. This, is, this should really be on video. Or the, this is, the dynamic is unbelievable. Um, Better than anyone thinks it is. Anyone at home listening thinking how wonderful you two are in person is... Uh, just so much better. Okay, thank yeah. you. you thank exceeded expectations. Somebody, yeah. somebody shut Lenny up on Netflix, yeah? Right, great, perfect. Um, so, Alison, you grew up in New York? I grew up in LA. Okay. Yeah. That's quite interesting to move to New York. Yeah, not a ton of people do, and if they do, they always move back to LA. You, do you think you're going to move back? Not ever. I'd sooner move to London. I'm just keep Why? taking me east. It's just, a, it's just an energy thing. I think LA is great to visit. I'm grateful to be from there. I have a beautiful understanding and appreciation for produce and vegetables and seasonality and sunshine and etc hikes um <laughs> but I don't need to live there and I can always visit and I I do visit often I'm there often for work I see my family there's always a reason to be in LA I don't ever feel like I need to live there where too much traffic I get really car sick okay oh where where are you from in LA the valley like San Fernando oh, Valley so people which like 10 years ago, people were like, what's the valley? But now everyone's like, oh, oh I live in Heim. Sherman Oaks. Heim yeah, goes, exactly. Yeah. And Heim really, I got a credit Help. for cracking the valley code. I, I feel like listening to them talk about it so affectionately, I feel embarrassed that I didn't do a better job sooner. You well, know, being an advocate of the valley. Yeah, yeah, I do. Not, not that it's a contest. You said you left the, and you went Exactly. Left and I'm like, I live in, people are like, oh, you're from New York. I'm like, I'm from the valley. But yeah, but I love California. Is but, everybody Jewish in the valley? No, just we are. 
Oh, you're Jewish? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. A lot of people are, but no, yeah. I went, I weirdly went to a Catholic high school, but not because it was only because it was like the school that I could go to that was in my district for a multitude of reasons. But um, yeah, my dad's Jewish. So, so did you grow up with Jewish food? I did. What was a really memorable dish from your childhood that, and who was cooking it? It was like less so about cooking. My dad really started cooking, I think, more later in life. Like he cooks often now. A lot of my recipes, which for support, but also I think I'm like, it's like at his level. Um, and he's just has more time because the kids are out of the house and he's like just cooking for him and my stepmom. But growing up, it was like we would go to Langer's Deli and eat the pastrami. We would go to Sally's, which is like a Jewish deli and have matzo ball soup. It was like the experience of eating out at Jewish delis. But like he would always bring home kanish that were like frozen in a box and I would just make them constantly for myself. You loved them. Loved kanish them. Kanish are the best. The I- best. And now, I mean, now the kanish that I get in New York are nothing like the ones that were in the mm. box. But Where do you get your kinish from in New York? There's a place called Moishe's, but I don't, Moishe's. I think they may have closed. Or they closed, but maybe reopened. They were next to Russ and Daughters. But I think they moved. They either, someone has to fact check me. But I think they either moved or closed or nothing happened and I made this up. But <laughs> have you ever made a kinish? Not ever, but I aspire to. Me too. Do you think it's hard? Yeah, I do. I think it's annoying, and I think it's hard. Yeah, uh-huh. but you're a pastry chef. Right? I used to be. Can yeah. you make babka? I could. She can. I can make babka. I can but make that's a, a good babka. That's a fact. To make a yeah. babka, but it's yeah, it's annoying. But you know, my babka is like not even real because I'm using brioche. It's so <laughs> like I'm not even really doing it. I'm sort Hang of. Come on, you're using a already established brioche. No, 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 no. Like brioche I make a brioche. Oh, okay, no. fine. Okay, got it. But right. I think traditionally babka does not have butter because often it is kosher yeah okay you cut your teeth with pastry i did so i grew up in la i started working in restaurants there i there's a restaurant called sona it's closed now okay now it's like a gentleman's club it's actually i keep saying it's a gentleman's club it's not it's like a members club or something called the nice guy um, oh, okay. In West yeah. Hollywood. Have you been there? I have not. Have I've you been heard, invited people, to a party there? N- no, sadly oh. not. I've seen people <laughs> paparazzied yes. outside. Exactly. Though. Like, you I know. think Drake goes there or yeah. something. Who I just there? assume you're hanging out yeah, with them. People go to. Do you, you've never been papped outside there, Mom, darling? No. You're losing it. <laughs> I never had it to lose. Darling, so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, but I worked as a pastry chef there, but I, I, the only reason I took that job was because I, they were going to give it to me in a restaurant and otherwise there was no job available in the restaurant. And it was like a nine person kitchen. So it was really tiny and I was going to go to culinary school and I said, well, I need a job to pay my way through culinary school. Like I wasn't really getting any assistance. And so... Was this a first career? Yes. So I was 19. You, so you were 19. You didn't want to be a nuclear physicist It was not in the cards for me. Okay. No, I find I'm very smart. I'm not that smart. I'm not smart okay. in that way. You know, that was never going to be it for okay. me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I decided to leave college and pursue like working in restaurants full time. And the man who I met at the door ended up being the pastry chef. He offered me a job. And I took it. And he's like, I think I would save your money. And if you, you know, a lot of people that work in a restaurant hate it. It's really hard. You don't make any money. It's tough. And, you know, rather than go into debt, I can pay you, you know, like $7 an hour and mm. you can work for me and see if you even like it. Did and you like I it? did. I loved it. I loved it so much. It was so hard, but I like immediately was like, this is exactly where I want to be. But it, it, it must have been quite exhausting. And also it's a lot of men, not mm. as many women as It was a lot of men. Balance. Did you like that? 
Not especially, but I didn't have any real feelings about it. It was because they weren't I, harsh to, towards no, you because you not were they weren't harsher to me than to each other. Okay, and I wasn't the only woman. I worked in the department with another woman, and there were at least one or two. Other. It was like actually a pretty high ratio for restaurants, but also again small group of people. But my direct boss was a man, and he was so such a gentle soul. Still is. He's still with us. Dark. <laughs> um, he just was, I think he did, he didn't like actively protect us in like a bullish way, but he was just, you know, as our mentor, as our person, and everyone really respected him because mm-hmm. he was so, so talented and so kind that it sort of, you know, bred that sort of treatment, I guess. Um, but despite it being like a fine dining restaurant, James Beard, Michelin star, et cetera, et cetera, tasting menu, it was still like a, a very tender environment. Mm-hmm. And it was like really learning was the focus. And it was very much like able to learn on the job. Did you have any disasters? Oh, every day, all the time. Is anything like, is etched in your mind? No, I've probably blocked it out. But it was also now at this point, like almost 20 years ago. But so, I, find, I find it quite interesting that you started in that world, but yet you're approach with cooking is kind of the opposite of yes it's not meticulous no. what, which is what <laughs> pulls me to you because it's like well shove a few of them in and if you want you know and it's like you know more garlic do this but you know you've got kind of, it's very much i love how you empower the the person who's cooking it to be like look you can do it this way these are my suggestions it's gonna work mm-hmm. i would do this you can do that if you want and i love it and it's like you know even the titles nothing fancy yeah. it's kind of the opposite of what a pastry chef I, I presume you kind of learn yeah so you, did you reject that world almost I did but I also was learning from people who sort of encouraged a different attitude okay. about pastry who oh, really okay. did treat it like savory food and that like you know you should add salt to your desserts you should cook fruit like vegetables you should make things have texture and mm. like like be as interesting as a savory food mm-hmm. and it was a lot of like, well, what would happen if you made this chocolate cake without the cocoa powder? It's like, I don't know. Let's find out. What would happen if you made this cake without raisins and you added this instead? It's like, well, let's find out. So it was a lot of experimenting and a lot right. of like openness to ask questions and, and fail and be like, oh, that didn't work out. Okay. Well, now we know. So I think in my attitude of teaching is that because I've been doing it for so long, I have done things the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, I can tell you what works and what doesn't. Mm. So I know that if you do the slow-roasted chicken with the tomatoes, if you do it with fennel instead, it's going to be beautiful. If you do it with eggplant, it's going to be weird. You know, because I've tried all these different ways and different things, and I can tell you why. I can, like, you know, break it down. But most people just want, like, a few general suggestions on how to mix something up. And some people want to always follow the recipe exactly as written. And either work for me. So would you say you had a classical training? That doesn't sound classical. I would no, say like... You have to start from basics. Modern so classic. To, okay. Yeah, in that like I did learn a lot of foundational things for pastry. It's like you learn how to make a dough. You learn how to cream butter yeah, and sugar. Yeah, you You learn... Shoe butt, things like right. that. Right. But the desserts we were Meringues. making were not that classical. So, okay. I, I had that training a little later in my career. I worked for a man named William who had more of a formal style, like a little bit more French, a little bit more precise a what little bit. What was the name of that restaurant? Um, it was called Quince in San okay. Francisco. Uh-huh. So he came in after I had been there and I was working at Quince as like basically doing the pastry department there by myself with a few other people. We, we didn't really have a boss. It was sort of like we were just in charge of putting things on the menu and it was very like 
California casuals, like a lot of galettes mm. and almond cake with peaches and things mm. like that. And then William was hired to sort of level up because they were going to expand the restaurant and have like a bakery attached. And so somebody who had a bit more knowledge and he was like, it was like layered cakes and like casting with mousse and praline and spraying cakes with like liquid chocolate. It was wild. It was a totally different experience, but I learned a lot and none of that would I ever take with me into my home. But it's Mm, sort of like mm. what you do at home is not always what you want to do professionally. Mm -hmm. And I sort of think like, okay, well, I used to be a professional pastry chef and now I'm a professional home cook. I wouldn't call you a home cook. Oh, I would. Yeah, but you know what you're doing because you're a chef you started. (laughs) You could have a restaurant if you wanted one. Yeah. Do you want one? I don't want one. I never want one. Too much stress. They're so tough. They're so, especially in the States right now. I, I have a lot of dear friends who have wonderful, successful restaurants in several cities around the country. And it's really hard. It's really tough to like pay people properly, to charge accordingly, not have people bitching about how expensive food is, to have a life, to have the quality be what you want it to be, to train the right people. It's like, it's just a nightmare. So what took you to New York? Which Basically not wanting love? to work at restaurants. Okay, okay. Yeah, and the absence of love. I had exited a relationship pretty much every time I moved cities was because I was going through a breakup. Oh, but wow. I was sort of like, I grew up in California. I worked in LA. I worked in San Francisco. I was 24. I was like, I'm going to move to New York for three months, and then I'm moving back to San Francisco to open a bakery with William, my old boss. I fell in love with New York, and we're still together. And it was... You and you, you. Yeah, New York and I. And I started... Uh, I got a job at Momofuku Milk Bar when they just first opened. When, yeah, because that was when they were doing the crack pies yeah. and yeah. the cereal milk. What is milk yeah. I, mean, I mean, they still are. I think they still are doing all those But things. like that at the time, it was Alison the thing everyone was talking about. What year yes. was that? 2000 and... That was... I was 24. I'm 37. So math is not my strong suit, but... 2008? I'm like 2003. <laughs> 2010. Thank 2010. you, producer Alice. Yeah, I moved. I guess I moved to New York Darling, in 2010. Do you want some more? Yeah, that checks out. I've got another bottle here. Yeah, because I remember being in New York around that time. It was like the place to get things. We were all just really excited. Yeah. It had just opened up. It was also when, what was it called? Please Don't Tell Place. Was, oh, yes, exactly. Do you remember? It was it like was around that, that whole time, right? thing. And I think like there was just a huge boom in like novelty everything. Yeah. Cocktail bars, mixology, desserts, like concept restaurants. Yeah. Like it kind of had like a energy to it. There was no Instagram. Like there yeah. was internet was like barely a thing on our phones. Like I had a Blackberry. Actually at the time I had a flip phone. I had like a T Mobile flip phone. Um, for those of you listening, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, it was just such a different I mean, it was such a different Yeah. Time. If but, you think about those places yeah. and how it was like, if you knew about these places, you knew about it, it was totally. the best kept secret yeah. or... Yeah, and I, I'm so impressed with, with Christina Tosi and what she's done and, and how she's still doing it. It's like she had a vision, she executed it, and like is doing the thing that she always wanted, which is like to expand and have like a big like company and to be everywhere. So then Milk Bar happens mm-hmm. and then you and then start doing some food writing? No, I I left about a year and a half into it. Basically, I, I started there thinking I was just going to be like a baker during the day. And very quickly, she was like, do you want a, a salaried position as like a sous chef, basically? And here's health insurance and da 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 da. And I was like, I do need money. Like mm. I didn't have any money. I Zero dollars. And health insurance was nice. And so I said, yes, I took the job. But like I was 
sort of like this is not why I moved to New York. I did not move to New York to continue working at a restaurant or a bar or a bakery or anything. Like I moved to New York to kind of expand what I could do in like quote unquote the food world. But I never thought, oh, I'll work at a magazine or I'll write a book. Like that was never my goal. I just knew that I wanted to continue working in food, but I knew that I didn't want to like just be making it Mm -hmm, for strangers mm -hmm. uh, with like with somebody else's vision, you know? I guess you starting with that experience of, should we try this? Oh, it's not going to work. Fine. Forgive me if this is not right, but if when I imagine what a pastry chef or somebody that's in, they're instructed on how to do a certain recipe Mm -hmm. and they execute it day after day brilliantly and they're on their station or whatever. So the fact that you were immediately your first job into development, it makes total sense that you do what you do now, right? Absolutely, Um, yeah. I I don't think that I could have been good at it when I started. So I got a job as like a basically a recipe tester at Bon Appetit. And all that meant was that somebody would hand me a piece of paper with a recipe on it and I'd make it. That was it. I wasn't like putting my touches on it. I wasn't changing it. I was was just testing it. Does it work? Does it work? And then through that process learned what made it work, what didn't make it work. And sometimes they were translated from like a chef's kitchen in a restaurant to a home cook's kitchen. And I'm like, well, I know that they're probably making this in a nine pan or a hotel pan or a whatever. And I know that when when they say that, that's what they're talking about. So I have to account for this. So a pot won't work. It's too deep. I need to make it in a baking dish. Like I felt like I used every ounce of experience, every moment from a restaurant and bakery professionally to like decode and make something work for the home cook because I was like I know what you're saying but the home cooks don't have that Mm -hmm. so let's make it work for everybody I think there's like this misconception that I started working at the magazine was like all of a sudden like writing recipes and I was the main star and like all of a sudden like nobody knew my name for two years I wasn't allowed to develop any of my own recipes I was just there to like learn how magazines work back to your growing up were your parents good cooks yeah, they were. My again, my dad really more started cooking now. My stepmom is a great cook. Um, always has been. My mom has always been a great cook. My mom really had like a few of her hits. Um, yeah, what were the hits? A lot of like rice pilaf and grilled salmon and asparagus, like very Californian steamed artichokes, a butterfly trout with like garlicky breadcrumbs. Ooh, that's, that's in dining. That's in dining in. It's fantastic. See, and that's so you had it have dining in. Yeah. So I need to order um, it on Amazon. I've ordered it. Okay. Exactly. Thank God. It's so good, so easy, and like iconically, my mother to do that. But what would she serve that with? She would serve that probably with rice pilaf and asparagus, <laughs> um, or a steamed artichoke, and you know, it was like I think because you know, in California, it's like oh, I grew up like preparing artichokes like can you get artichokes all year because i went with hannah and jonah to houston's oh i love houston i know oh my god do i love that it's his favorite place on earth and we went and they did the most delicious artichokes I've ever tasted. Oh, yeah, the grilled oh, ones? The grilled ones. Yeah. Oh, my God. How did they do it? Could well, you I do it? You really, could do it. They must, I could. They're they fussy. Must, they must parboil them. They do. Or, and then they griddle them. Yeah. Mm. And they're in half. So they half them, then griddle. They they're are, either, like, poached or steamed or something. At Houston's, I'm imagining they're, yeah. if I'm them, I'm doing them in, like, very large batches the in the oven. The most delicious things I've ever or tasted. I'm boiling them until they're done, and then I'm grilling you them. You don't even mind the fuss of them because they're so delicious. No. And what, do they come with a dip? No, they come, they're slightly... Is it There's, like, crumb, grilled lemon grilled or something. lemon, yeah. i got to get back there. I've been yeah. in Houston's yeah. in, like, four years. Um, do they but have there's also a recipe for that in dining in. Oh, you see? <laughs> we, you've missed maybe, out, Jess. Uh, yeah, and 
accidentally inspired by Houston's. But I think also just California, I feel like artichokes are the state's mascot. So what does inspire you? I mean, when you come up with something like, well, the one that we Jesse and I know best, which is the the slow roast chicken with the oregano and the tomatoes, mm, and it tough. works so amazingly um, yeah. well. Yeah, so where did you time. where did you get that? Where did it come from? I don't know. Most of the food that I the recipes that I develop come from like what do I want to eat right now? Mm, like what okay. sounds really good to me? It can't. I couldn't write a book in a day. I couldn't even write a table of contents in a day. Because what I feel like eating is so different all the time. And sometimes it's inspired by a meal out that I have. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's inspired by I'll go to a restaurant and read something on the menu. And then I order it. And that's so different than what I thought it would be. It'll just say like, you know, chicken, peas, and and herbs. And I'm like, oh, that sounds amazing. And in my head, I'm like imagining what I would do and Mm. how that comes together. And what comes and I'm like oh, this isn't right. And then I feel really inspired to go make a version of, like, just using those three words. I'm like, that feels like now I have a mission. Do you ever take, I take pictures of menus and then try and replicate what they've made. That's amazing. (laughs) No, I wouldn't say that. It's not amazing, but I find that it's easier for me. But that's what Alison's saying with the words, three words. I think that, like, yeah, and I think sometimes... I'll come up with like a phrase or I'll just think of something or two ingredients together. I'm like, oh, that sounds really nice. I've never had that, but sounds good. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Alison, when you were looking for love and you were traveling all around, yeah. you see, this is why I haven't traveled much, Jess. Why? You didn't have to look for love. I have traveled around. quite a lot, yeah. thank you, yeah. <laughs> But when you were looking for love... And I don't think she was looking the, for love. Well, well, she, she, she was she looking was, for work. I mean, she was I, looking for work, but she was hoping that she Looking for find myself. Love. I was yeah, looking yeah. for myself. All right, yeah. you hope you yeah. might find love on the way. Mum's turned yeah. it into, which this I do love. wrong here. Stop spoiling okay, right, it. Okay, okay, fine. What would you cook to impress? It would have to be like the fourth or fifth date. Oh, oh you shit. I don't even eat dinner on the first date. No kissing on the first date. No, I don't I'd rather kiss than have dinner. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's true. I'm not cooking for anyone, and I'm not eating with you on the first date. So wait, not even at a restaurant. What did you do on the first? Go get drinks. What? Did, oh, you went. For You're the, so New York. Yeah, but I mean, you, if there's like a dish of that olives the- that appears, like if things go well, the move is on a first date. What you do is you sit at the bar at a sexy little place. You meet for drinks, quote unquote. If it's going well, you say, "Oh, should we get a few snacks and see if they can hang?" And then maybe there's like 
this is so sex moment. In the city, but if it's not it? going well, then you say thank you so much and you you leave. Are you a professional dater? And well, not anymore. I'm off the table now. Okay. So I need a few. I tips. think yeah. <laughs> I can, I can, if you move to New York, I can help you. Okay. What have you been returning back to recently? Kind of whether it's a comfort food or something that you're making that you're like, I can do this really quickly and it's really satisfying. Before this book came out, I was in such like a, I was doing so much preparation for the book coming out and like with press and preparing for the tour and planning the tour and all that stuff. And then I went on tour and now I'm here. And so I haven't been, I haven't cooked anything really that wasn't for like home movies, which we just shot a few of in like, I want to say a month and a half, two months, which is like killing me. Like I haven't cooked in so long, but I did just do like a crispy sort of chickpea dish with a lot of herbs mm. as like a thing that I used to eat almost every day. I would open up a tin of chickpeas. I wasn't How cooking them from dry. Chi- chickpeas crispy? Well, they're not, they're more frizzled. I call them frizzled. frizzled. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. get, uh, you I, did your frizzled I didn't, one. they didn't frizzle for me. No. And I wonder whether it's because they were too wet and I should have dried them or a were bit. Were you before. impatient? I don't think they need it's they're always going to be kind of wet I think okay. that's okay I think for me either the heat's not high enough or there's not enough oil okay yeah um I also find that the quality of chickpea like some chickpeas that don't have salt and some chickpeas that do have salt like kind of behave differently when you're cooking them right. that way over the years I've really noticed like subtle differences in ingredients that I would have never thought of before uh-huh. I'm like oh why are these not cooking the same I'm like oh because this has no salt added or these tomatoes these whole tomatoes are in juice not pulp and that's why the sauce is thicker or whatever like so many small things that you you're like oh I'm just buying mm-hmm, a can of something mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. everything is really different there's no not a ton of consistency even less so from where I live to where we are now who is your favorite chef not your favorite restaurant but who would you follow and think I know I'm going to be all right when I use that cookbook or if I go to that restaurant because I really love that, the way they cook. Do you even follow recipes I, You know, anymore? I don't. I don't really read book cookbooks anymore, but there's a chef. Um, her name is Gabrielle Hamilton, and she had a restaurant called Prune in New York, and it shut in the pandemic, but I think it's coming back in, oh, in like a limited capacity. But she wrote that book, um, Blood, Bones, and Butter, which if you haven't read, you must Blood, read. Bones and Butter. Yeah, wow. you, it's a memoir. It's, I think, amazing. But when I first moved to New York and I ate at her restaurant for the first time, I was like, oh my God, like this is the kind of cook I want to be. This is the kind of chef I want to be. I want to eat food that makes people feel like this. If I ever had a restaurant, I'd want it to feel like this. She's, I think, just really wonderful. She has like such a perspective and a personality and it comes through in every single thing she does. And that is so rare, especially these days. I think most people feel more comfortable when they blend into something that's already successful rather than being their own person. And she is absolutely through and through her own person. And you can taste it in her food. You can feel it in her restaurant. I just think it's really special. She, There is a cookbook that exists. It's called Prune. It's written we need for her. And basically for her, you know, it's written for people that are fans of her, for fans of her restaurant. It's not written for a home cook who's never, who's like looking to recreate the recipes because they're, I think it's like basically scans of her notes, but it's really like a beautiful exploration into her creative process. And I just, I have endless respect for her. You're here in London for Mm -hmm. what, like 48 hours? No, for a week. Oh, wow. Yeah, I leave Friday. Let me just hear some more of your reservations that you've got. So I did, I went to Manteca. Have you heard oh, it? Oh, so good. It was delicious. Yes. Newish Italian spot. Where's in, this? Uh, Shoreditch. In Shoreditch. How have you been? Because mom. She's I all know. about it. She's, She's all about town. I know. I went to Rochelle Canteen for lunch. Oh, my favorite. Which I love. It's, I love. I, it, Rochelle Canteen to me is like 
prune is like the closest, even though the food okay. is very different. Okay. The, and the feeling I yeah, have when I'm in true. both places. Have you been to Topaz Cafe yet? Yes, loved. Not on this trip, but okay, I have well, been Okay, they've just before. reopened. Oh, really? Maybe you should go okay. there. Yeah, on like a sunny day, which this week, yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, you could walk down the canal. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I loved it there. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Oh, I did Saturday Kitchen. So I oh, was how so was that? It was... I fell off my chair. Oh my! On live television. Wow! I bet people loved it. People did the love Brits it. Love that kind of shit. But like, yeah. I mean, how exactly. badly did you fall off? Like badly enough to where everyone was like, "Oh my god, is she okay?" Oh no! But I was. I was fine. Oh, god. I was more just like, so yeah, embarrassed. Oh like, mate! And like, I why don't did get you em- fall off your chair? It's such a dumb long. It's not even a long story. It's just a stupid story oh, where like I'm sorry. I thought the chair that I was whatever. <laughs> there was a chair and a stool. And the two chairs were so far apart from each other. And like when you're at Saturday Kitchen, you're supposed to like be sitting next to the person. Yeah. And I was like, this can't be right. I was like, this chair must be for Matt, like the host, because it's way too far away. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to sit in this stool. Was it broken? The stool was for the wine. And it had three oh legs God. and was not a chair. <laughs> was not able to support a person. Oh, no. Alison, I'm sorry. I just absolutely ate it. I recovered because like... Oh, but did everyone kind of fuss around you and then it was just more embarrassing? You yes. needed everyone to laugh a bit. Yeah, and well, they actually... Nobody fussed. Everyone just kind of watched <laughs> it happen. Nobody offered to pick me up or anything, which is fine. I didn't need help getting picked up. That would have been worse. But like everyone did. It was, it was sort of like, the, oh, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Let's move on. And then, like, they wouldn't let me move on. Oh, babe. And it was like, let's talk about it for the rest of the show. I'm Thank really... God it happened at the end of the show. Okay. I think they were just like, oh, this is funny. And I'm like, yes, it's so funny. It's so funny. I want to cry. I'd love to move on, um, though. Did, anyway, you, did you cook? I did, yeah. I made what? some desserts from the book. Okay. Yeah, so I did, like, what, a raspberry which one did ricotta you cake. Nice. And then, easy um, to make? Beautiful. So easy. Like, don't believe no you. Mix- it is. No mixing. Oh, well, you, you mix, but you don't need a mixer. Yeah, but, like, you don't need to, like... This looks so, great, this Mom. Looks so I don't know beautiful. This looks fab. This is stunning. Yeah, very gorgeous, Mom. It's. You it's... can't have it because your mum makes bejeweled rice. Oh, whatever. I'd never have made that mistake. Wait, what? <laughs> have another glug of your wine and then everything. It won't yeah. matter. This chicken's delicious. Mum, the chicken's it's great. It's really so good. Very, very delicious. It's tart, it's salty, it's juicy. Good. Um, last supper, Alison Roman. You've got a starter or an appetizer, as you Yanks like to call it. A main and a dessert and a drink of choice. She could choose from each of her cookbooks, darling. Oh. I would never. Okay. Are yeah. you sure? I'm positive. Yeah. Because if it's like, although it would be very me to pick something that I'm like in control of, to be yeah, like, oh, my last supper, right. I'm cooking my Okay, you can put one of your recipes in. No, no, I don't need to do that. It's honestly going to be like... A beautiful shrimp cocktail. From anywhere particular? Like, sorry, you prawn make cocktail? It. Prawn cocktail? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, anywhere that the prawns are good. Anywhere that like, and the cocktail sauce is really lemony and has a lot of horseradish and Worcestershire. Do you have a prawn cocktail? I do. Yeah, it's nothing fancy. Okay, well maybe I'll make it. I think you should. Okay. It's, I think it's very good. Aren't we going for the nothing fancy prawn cocktail? Yes. Okay, I think fine. Okay, I'm happy. <laughs> um, and then like a beautiful steak, like a two inch thick ribeye basted in butter with crushed garlic and lots of herbs at the end and like how rare do you um, like your meat i like pretty rare me too not like full bloody but i d- i mean do if i'm ordering the, at a restaurant i say medium rare the greatest yeah, shock of my life was going to argentina mm. what happened they, there they always they, go they, up it's, it's mm. medium it's mm. it's never got it, anything it was pink. really sad it's for so me. upsetting and like I the best didn't... meat yeah and it's well done that's really and tough. they think you're slightly odd when you say i want it 
I know. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes like in Mexico when you're there and they do like the sort of like carne asada and the meat is like so cooked that it's crispy and it's like, yeah, then it. the fat, oh, I love that. See, that's you a meat, like yeah, it. because then it's like not about rare. It's about texture mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. meatiness yeah. and saltiness and crispy bits. And I support that. Like if you're going to cook it, cook the hell out of it. But if you're going to cook it for like steak experience, I want it. Medium rare to yeah. rare, yeah, and I want too. it like a beautiful crust on the outside, and like lots of flaky salt on top. Are you like, having any condiments with your steak? I mean, if I get a choice, if I if that can happen, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I'm doing like uh, cream spinach. I'm doing like beautiful little like I think you call them Jersey potatoes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're the best. Yeah, like boiled and then like tossed in butter, like maybe crushed yeah. slightly Quite with simple. like lots of yeah. flaky so salt. You can chives. get those nice waxy potatoes in. in yeah, they tend in to be America, a little large that, though. Yeah, but it doesn't Yukon matter because gold. Yukon mm-hmm. golds are great. We're also we don't have mayor lemons. Oh, uh, we don't really have them in in New York. They're okay. interesting, but they're but too you, sweet for like. Do you say food. mayor lemon in any of your recipes? I'm I sure you I think that have. there's a few. Yeah, where I'm like, this yeah. is great with Meyer lemons, but if yeah. not, like regular lemons are so fine. I think you've never heard of it. So yeah, they're a bit sweeter. They, okay. They're like the juice isn't sweeter. They're just more floral, and the skin is very, very thin. So anytime you're doing like a whole lemon cooking, which I do often, it's nice because the white pith is actually pretty, yeah, which is bitter. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the main and the starter, and then a dessert is going to be like a key lime pie mm. or a salted lemon cream pie, which is basically the same salted, thing with but with lemon. A salted lemon cream. Mm-hmm. Pie. That's in the salted new book. Salted lemon. Yeah, you can make that too. No mixer. Oh, oh yeah, you're talking God. my language. Yeah. You you will like the dessert book, I think, because it is made for people who prefer to cook and like have intuition and like to kind of be like, oh, I didn't have this, but I used that. And I mean, this has all been so so delicious. It is delicious, mom. And like, I think that it's like a cook sensibility can take really well to that the dessert book because. You're like, oh, I didn't, you know, I'm using this instead of that. I'm having this fruit instead of that. And most of the stuff, it's like, all you need is a mixing bowl and your hands and like a sheet pan or, you know, a cake pan or a pie plate. Like you don't need a ton of equipment or anything fancy. And to me, it's like they're the ultimate pantry recipes. You have like butter, sugar, flour. I did your crunchy chocolate cake from Nothing Fancy. Oh yeah, that one's so good. That is so good. It's also flourless. Good for Passover. Yes. K for P. Yeah. Shabbat shalom. Um, <laughs> what's your drink of choice? My drink of choice is a martini if I'm having one beverage. If which, I'm, which, how do you take gin? it? I take it vodka. I yeah. used to take it gin. If I'm doing dirty, it's gin. Ooh. If I'm doing a twist, it's vodka. But Ooh, more wow. often than not, I'm doing a, I'm doing vodka, martini, twist, and an olive. You do a twist and an olive? Yeah, oh, I do. Oh, I'm not sure about that. I love it. It's fantastic. It's not dirty. It's just the you olive just and the like olive. just sheer alcohol. So, okay, interesting. Quite actual. Nothing, nothing fancy. Nothing fancy. No, I mean, nothing like, would be fancy. I mean, considered. And when people ask me this question, sometimes I change the answer to, like, it's like a perfect roast chicken with, like, a big leafy salad. Oh, there's a big leafy salad on the table, too. Mm. With the steak. Yeah. So, and like, what's your dressing? Herbs, fresh lemon juice, olive oil, crunchy salt, and pepper. No That's mustard. Simple. No honey, no vinaigrette. I don't believe and in vinaigrette. what herbs are your favorite? Why? Do, uh, hang Dill, on, that's a Dill. really bold statement <laughs> to just like whisper. I know. What's that? Say, say it loud. Say it proud. I don't believe in vinaigrettes. Why? Because I think that it's an extra step that you don't need to do. Okay. And unless it's a creamy dressing that needs emulsification, there's no reason I'm gonna take another bowl. Mix things together I to then pour over something you. else. I'm going to take the acid. I'm going to take the lemon juice or the vinegar or the whatever. I'm going to pour it over my greens. I'm going to yeah, like taste it, season it with salt and pepper. Okay, Europe. it's acidic enough. And then I'm going to drizzle it with some olive oil to finish. Yeah. And then it's it's like everything is well seasoned. I'm not like 
How many times have you made a vinaigrette and you're like, oh, it's perfect. I love it. And then you dress your salad and you're like, why does it taste like oil? Because the oil floats with the thing. Uh, it's like imbalanced and you add more dressing and then the lettuces are soggy. It's the worst. So, and that's, I've never really thought about no, whether to put the lemon you. on before the olive oil. So you'll always, always put the lemon on Well, before. it's like, imagine like if you're getting ready for bed at night, you mm. wash your face. Mm. Imagine like you do, you do your toner and then you do your moisturizer. You don't do your moisturizer, then your toner. Do you think the moisturizer makes a lot of sense? Lettuce is that sense. Well, it's like, or you yeah. like you put lotion on your hands and you put it under water. The water doesn't penetrate your skin. So if you put oil on lettuces, vinegar is never going to get to that oil. This is another great but, tip, right, Alison. Alison, <laughs> how many vinegars do you have in your cupboard? How many different sorts? I have four. I have white distilled. Yeah, one of my favorites. Red wine, yeah. which I don't use often. Yeah. White wine. I use that yeah. pretty frequently. And apple cider. What about... I love sherry, actually. I have a sherry. Sherry. I, Muscatel I, is the one that, like... Well, I put sherry in that one because I didn't delicious. have anything I liked else. It. Did I you think, like it? I really liked I it. I think more. balsamic is only for when you're on holiday. When you're, like, in Venice at a bad restaurant. I said it. <laughs> you know what, though? If you're, like, in Modena and, like going to the birthplace of balsamic and they're like doing things well and right like of course but most balsamic vinegar especially in the states is like caramel coloring with like other vinegar added it's like not real know, balsamic i, 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 I hardly used, used it and i've noticed it's got kind of it's getting like musty and weird yeah, yeah. musty and weird because i don't use it very much but your use it or does. lose it we should go through your pantry together no. I'm gonna oh my god maybe that's a new tv show <laughs> use yeah, it or lose yeah. it yeah i'm like and i just come and clean your kitchen for you <laughs> i could do it annihilate your fucking fridge yeah, exactly. I, I thought i found some very very long grain rice because i'm very keen on turkish rice What's you know, Turkish rice? I don't well, know that one. It's much. It seems longer than normal rice. Okay. And they this rice it. is perfectly cooked, I'm by the sorry, way. Sorry, thank you, no, I'm going to eat Jesse. Carrot. Did you? Well, this rice was fantastic. Yes. Yes. This rice me, was it? I made it up. Shut up, Mom. I put two together. That's going in the new cookbook. But that's two together because it was a basic one. You know what I liked about it? I liked how big the orange rind was. Yeah, without the orange rind, it would have been nothing, to be honest. This is also delicious. We have got a dessert. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. Are what you sure you, you can do it? Is that a bit like the moisturizer no. and the toner if you're no. about to go to kiln for starters and you'll no, do it? No, because they're going to get a head start. I told them I would just come and try. Okay, fine. Oh, So this my is not a word. difficult recipe. Okay, well, it's stunning. It's Nigella's <laughs> Cappuccino Pavlova. Oh, my God. Someone made me Who a Nigella knows? recipe. Oh, this is nice. Mm. Oh. Yeah, it's really nice. So easy. Mmm. Mmm. Delicious. I invested in the espresso powder. Did yeah. you? I also love your plate. I love that plate. It's beautiful. Yeah. Really well, That's good, Mum, because it's a bit like mm, nice. Yeah, it's I, okay. love, I love the colour. Chewy, delicious, like mm -hmm. it. I just wonder whether it feels like it should have another layer to it. This is supposed to be like cappuccino, yeah. so just the topping. It's perfect. I love, I love it, Mum. But I don't think you could put another layer in, darling. No. Let's I do would it. do a taller layer of cream, maybe. Mm. She said only 300 mils, so I stuck Make with it what five, she Nigella. said. Make it five. <laughs> do you like all that new wine stuff? I do, the new oh, old wine, the natural yeah. wine. But I like all wine. I like new wine, I like old wine. I don't like wine that is marketing itself as like so new and natural that like feels like it's is being marketed for like a 22-year-old. The orange stuff. Yeah, and orange wine can be good. I think, I think it's going to like go too far. People are going to be like, give me the classics again, and then they're going to come back around being like, you know, some orange wine is actually made classically it's some of the oldest wine made mm. but because it's like new to us we're like oh it's new wine but it's like 
some winemakers are like, no, this is how they made it like in the BC days, you know, whatever. And so it's perception and branding and marketing. And like, there definitely was like a rush to the natural wine world. And sometimes I'm like drinking a natural wine. I'm like, is it natural or is it bad? You know? And I don't know enough about wine to always know the difference. I know what I like. So exactly. I know what I like. And I'm, I'm finding myself craving like very like crisp white, classic whites, but like sometimes like, oh, this is a wine made without sulfites, without, you know, intervention, it's organic grapes, but it's like a classic Vermentino or whatever. Like, you know, it doesn't need to be branded like a cool natural Mm -hmm. wine for it to be natural Mm -hmm. because all wine is ostensibly natural. Natural. Do you have an aroma or a taste that's very nostalgic to you? I would say garlic butter. Probably because it was the thing that my mom used to serve the artichokes with oh. and pour over the trout. So for the trout, you take a trout, you butterfly, you could do it with a bronzino, sea bass, whatever, and you take breadcrumbs, panko or anything, and you make a garlic butter, like gar- melted butter, garlic, pour it over the breadcrumbs with like parsley. I do it a little bit differently than she did, but I think this is how she did it. And then salt and pepper, and you sprinkle that over the raw fish, like skin side down, and then you broil it. So the crumbs get crispy, the fish cooks through, whatever, but that smell of garlic butter... And then she would make extra garlic butter to serve with the steamed artichoke. So I feel like that... That just brings you back to the yeah, family Yeah, like, like full fat. I think she garlic used salted butter, a, like crushed garlic, garlic cloves. Garlic a great smell. Yeah, it's, it? it's kind of basic, but there was something about the way... that she, I think because she used a garlic press, too. It was just like ultra... Does she still live in L.A.? She uh, No, she, I said yes. But she moved to Connecticut, like two... Like last Why? year. It's closer For her to husband. You. Yeah. Or her husband's from there. So she... Okay. He wanted so to be closer to his to family. You. It's new to me to have my mother so close, yes. Do you have brothers and sisters? I do. We have different moms. So my dad and my stepmom had two kids after my dad and mom divorced. So I have a brother and sister. My sister lives in California and my brother lives in Seattle. My brother is a great cook, actually. He is like really good at following recipes and kind of doing his own thing with them. But he cooks probably more often than anyone in my family. Younger. What would you ask him to cook for you? He, there's a recipe in Dining In that he really loves that's like chorizo pasta with clams. Mm. And he makes it all the time, apparently. And he's, I think he's like made some tweaks and changes. And I'm like, I'd love to say like, what's your version? Like, show me your version of the <laughs> chorizo and clam pasta. It's been such a pleasure to meet you. Oh, gosh, oh my gosh. You're so, so the best you're one talking roll. about food as uh, well. <laughs> you need your own TV show. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. You are doing f- enough anyway, but it's... Honestly, it's such a pleasure to meet a chef that I love, we love cooking your food. food. You totally, so I think so many people just love it and enjoy it and you're brilliant and I really wish you all the best with Sweet Enough. Thank you, you so yeah, much. And also you've got this thing that everyone feels they know you. So whenever we <laughs> mention you, everyone goes, oh, we love Alice People feel that way about you yeah. too as well, I will say. Just so you know. I mean, I felt that. I was like, oh, I'm going to my friend's house. <laughs> So lovely. She's rock and roll. She's no nonsense. She's kind of a perfect New York chef, isn't she? She's just gorgeous. Brilliant. Funny, bright. She knows so much about food as well. Please write into us if you. uh, Is is balsamic dead? And um, and are you with Alison on the death of vinaigrettes? And, And do you dress your lettuce leaves with lemon first and then the oil do you tone and then moisturize i've never 
thought about that. Maybe I haven't thought about dressing my salad in the same as I do a facial, to be perfectly frank. Well, I, I, it now makes a lot of sense to me, to be honest. The thing is, though, you know how she said you don't want to make a dressing separately and then put yeah. it into the salad? In France, they make the vinaigrette in the salad bowl and then they put the salad in. Oh. oh. Hold on, Alice, get on the mic for this. Producer Alice has just stepped up <laughs> after being very silent and listening to all of us for the cuts. Please do tell us what the French do. So I just have to take issue with the vinaigrette thing. Okay, you, can't you were very quiet when vinegar. she was chatting. <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing about saying, oh, you don't want to make a dressing on the side and then pour it over. In France, they make the vinaigrette in the bowl yeah. and then they put the salad in and then they toss the salad. So you, being married to a French man, speaking perfect French, how would you make your vinaigrette? Well, your go-fuck-yourself Alison Roman vinaigrette. <laughs> Dijon mustard, yeah. olive oil, mix yeah. that together first. Yeah. Then you put the vinegar in. Yeah. Red wine vinegar. Do yeah. love actual vinegar. I do agree that balsamic vinegar is dead. I, I'm kind of with her on that, but yeah. Mine's gone all funny. Yeah, okay, go on. Um, and then salt and pepper. You don't put any um, sweetness in it? No. Okay. Uh, you see now, Jesse's brother, who's the king he, of salad dressing, well, uses half a pot of honey. See, I don't like sweet vinegar. Yeah. It's he disgusting. loves it. It's too much. Okay, so... I don't use vinegar. If I'm at home, I don't use vinaigrette at all. I'll just put a little bit of olive oil and a tiny bit of maybe balsamic or lemon juice. I like putting mayonnaise in mine sometimes. Oh, yeah. Jessie, you've gone. I don't. But I do I like don't. her herby salad that's just um, lemon juice, olive oil and salt and pepper. I agree. That is really good. But She's I do really think vinaigrette good. does have a place. But you were very, very quiet when she said that. And I think, you she know... She was so adamant about the whole thing, wasn't I she? I don't think she spent a lot of time in France. <laughs> <laughs> um... Thank you so much to Alison Roman for Just coming over her. and before your many different... Um, and she didn't make me feel like she didn't want to be here. Like, she was very much like... Yeah. It didn't feel like she was about to go she and miss Paul Mescal to she, see yeah, us. she missed Paul Mescal for us, so there you go. Um, loved meeting you. Completely inspired by your recipes. Please go and get... You can either get... Well, the new book's out now. It's called Sweet Enough, Just Like Lenny. And um, if you don't, if you don't fancy the sweet one... You can try dining in or nothing fancy. They're all bloody great. Um, Sweet Enough out is out now and actually that could save us for many of these podcasts n- not knowing what to do for puds. Thank you, Alison Roman. We'll see you very soon and I really would like to hear from you about this uh, ongoing salad. Um, or or not. Or, 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 yeah, just, I, I need to hear from you guys. I, I need to get your opinions on this matter. Thank you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com